Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast. With me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and... Me, Will Warren, a music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, uh, Will, what do we have? We have Florence and the Machine with their debut album, Lungs. And I'm so glad you said their debut album, uh, because as we mentioned at the tail end of last week's episode, Florence and the Machine are a band. Yes, actually how they are as a group. Uh, And I think you can chart their formation back to about 2007. Uh, So Florence and uh, keyboardist Isabella Summers with uh, assorted collaboration uh, with them as well. Yes. Uh, And they've so far released four albums. Mm. Uh, We're talking about Lungs, which is the first album today. But I think it's fair to say with Florence and the Machine that they have had every album has delivered just these epic pop songs like you've never known the like of definitely yeah huge huge tracks delivered by a huge vocal and i think florence's vocal florence welch specifically i'm talking about now um the front person of the band has really got a unique vocal hasn't she she's got a stunning voice and when i think about the time that florence the machine came about they were one of the and florence herself had that powerhouse vocal performance that I kind of think about. The only other person around at the time was probably Adele that was doing a similar sort of thing. Yeah. Just with these incredible songs, but backed up with incredible vocal performances. But not just one song, but they could they could knock them out of the park. Yeah. Song after song after song. And I have to admit, actually, I mean, we're talking about this album this week because tomorrow uh, this album turns 10. And sometimes we, more often than not, we say, oh, I, I can't believe it's been 10 years. But actually, for me, this feels like longer than 10 years that we've had Florence in our lives. I think we've gotten very used to having to, for Florence and the Machine and Florence's voice and her as a performer being around for a long time. So many great iconic songs that are featured in a lot of films, TV programmes, adverts, in popular culture in the charts, on the radio, that feels like that they've been around a lot longer. Yeah. And yeah, uh, you mentioned before, four studio albums, uh, the fourth of which, Higher's Hope, was released last year. Uh, first of all, four albums in ten years is pretty nifty nowadays, isn't it? But um, everyone, I think, I don't, I don't think I listen to it on release day because I'm sceptical about can it live up to the last one, and it always delivers. No disappointment so far. No, definitely not. And, and and lots of sort of tangents from that as well, and sort of Florence doing her own thing and uh, collaborations with other people. And more of that later. Oh, cryptic. Mm, a hint of a tease for the end of the podcast. Uh, but first of all, we've got this little beauty to talk about uh, with Lungs uh, itself. So shall we dive in? Let's dive straight in. Side one, track one. It's Dog Days Are Over. Run fast for your mother, run fast for your father, run your children, run for your sisters, and your brothers. Leave all your love and your love behind you. They carry you with you if you want to survive. The dog days are over. The dog days are done. Can I hear the What a way to kick off proceedings. That's how you start an album off. Can you remember the first time you heard that track? 
I, I can remember certainly one of the first times I heard that track. And it was in... in oh. Super drug? <laughs> it was instantly um, <laughs> in my mind. It's just the actual, the craft of the song and that intro from the very gentle guitar strums right to that huge crescendo of sound. And as we mentioned before, Florence and the Machine are made up of a lot of musicians and there's harpists in there and there's percussionists in there and it, they all come together to create that incredible sound. Uh, but do you remember, Will, where you were? I can't remember where I was, but I definitely felt affected by it mm. because it's this incredible vocal and instrumental wave that washes over you and just I was clapping along yes while it was while it was playing and the Glastonbury performance mm. 2015 they performed as a group she sung for an yeah. hour and a half that's without, the headline without line, break right? yeah without stopping and this was just such a moment everyone went mad yeah and especially that bit where it slows down and then it comes back in with a I'm not going to sing it, but run fast for your mm. brother and mother or father, whatever. You know, what an amazing thing to happen because uh, obviously Florence filled in for Foo Fighters, I think, who had to cancel. And sad that they had to cancel, of course, but it felt right for Florence to headline, I think. And it was the Friday night and it was just a brilliant start to the weekend. And really, she should have headlined anyway. She was ready to headline at that point, I think. Well, it didn't feel strange. Nobody questioned it when she no. stepped into headline. And I just remember being in the middle of that crowd. I think there were fireworks as well because it was the first night. Sort of my relationship with Glastonbury. Obviously, we just got back uh, yesterday, in fact, from Glastonbury. And <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what? I'm not quite sure what the laugh is about. Just, I'm just overtired still. What are you rattling around with over there? <laughs> baby wipes. You're packing them away. <laughs> so the, this was my tenth year since the first time I went to Glastonbury and it was my eighth Glastonbury and I've seen Florence there so many times and it's been incredible to go and see her first of all I think she was in the John Peel tent the first year I went and then she was very near the end of the day on the other stage uh, and then to see her headline it was just uh, amazing so um, yeah if you get the chance to see her live uh, do and actually Florence is uh, one of the headliners of British Summertime which is taking place on the 13th of July this year. And I saw her do it two years ago, actually, and she was that good they've got her back uh, two years later. And she just she just knows how to hold an audience, doesn't she? Doesn't she just? Yeah, absolutely. The B side to this was a song we're going to come on to talk with later about, so I'm not going to say no, but it was the You've Got the Love. <laughs> you've just said it. <laughs> Track two now, this is Rabbit Heart, Raise It Up. Track to Rabbit Heart. So this actually was my first entry to Florence and the Machine because I read it. Someone recommended it on an end of year list. I forget who it was now. Um, someone in Q Magazine or something like that. And I was just quite intrigued by that title, Rabbit Heart. And it turned out to be a fantastic song. 
I always forget the title is misleading because it's actually when you listen to it, it's actually one of their biggest, well, most well-known songs. Yeah, I forget that rabbit. It's called Rabbit Heart, but I think it's um, just another. It's an, it's one of many examples of how poetic uh, the lyrics can be and how influenced they are by literature. I don't specifically know uh, where that one came from, but I think Florence is very well read. Uh, yeah, and very influenced by. Uh, drama and uh, culture, um, and and the sound itself is just so. I say quite a bohemian sound, really, with all those different. It's boho, really. yeah. There's no two ways about it. <laughs> it is boho, and on production duties, because uh, what I like about this album is almost almost like a Rachel Stevens album. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Florence and the Machine. We have got lots of different uh, people. Putting the two penneth in here. And on this track, uh, an old friend of the podcast. Paul Epworth, who uh, we've spoken about many times before, mainly for his work with Friendly Fires on Parlour. What an episode that was. Oh, happy, you, happier times. If you haven't heard it yet, do skip back a few weeks. It's a wonderful, uh, jolly Hawaiian-filled episode. But we're here to talk about Florence right now. Florence and the machine, I should say. I have to say, though, Dan, I did listen to one of our first episodes the other day. Mm-hmm. It's very different, isn't it? What do you mean? Well, I think we've loosened up a bit over the t- over time. Fewer sound effects. <laughs> and I am, of course, referencing the Little Boots episode, which, uh, similarly to this one, is celebrating 10 years since release. So it's very strange to think that only uh, a few weeks ago we're celebrating the 10th anniversary of Hans, and now we're celebrating the 10th anniversary of Lungs. So we're going to be working our way through all the body parts over the rest of the remainder <laughs> of the year. Uh, and anyone has any suggestions of what that might be? Do let us know at Move to Trash UK on Twitter. So track number three now. And Dan, I'm not calling you a liar. But? I'm not calling you a liar. Oh, okay. So that was track three, I'm not calling you a liar. Dan, what did you think? I'm not calling you a liar, that was track three. <laughs> what I like about this song is it's very much the stripped back and sparse. We talked about before how big and bohemian and layered the tracks were. This is very stripped and sparse. Um, and again, we talked about Glastonbury and how the first time I saw her, I'm pretty sure, was on the John Peel tent. But she did play there, I'm quite sure, on one of the really small stages before that. I think Croissant Nerf, maybe, which hosts some very um, uh, much more organic stripped back sounds and I I would have loved to have seen her then uh, and I imagine this is the kind of song that she would have been playing then yes it's a little bit more folksy a yes. bit more organic definitely uh, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, it's a fantastic <gasps> third track on the album oh, isn't good. it? Um, and just slows because you can't keep going with that kind of emotion and that kind of punch that the first two tracks have so it's a lovely way just to slow things down just for it to come back up again later yes 
And this song was produced by James Ford, uh, who also produced uh, the opening track Dog Days. Uh, I'm a huge fan of James Ford's work. He is a member of Simeon Mobile Disco. We've mentioned him before, of course. Uh, and he has worked with Foles, Depeche Mode, Gorillaz, and more. Dan, what do you? What's your opinion on Foles? I absolutely love Foles. Mm. One of my favourite bands. How about you? Yeah, love it. I love Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Is that the new album? Yeah. Uh, for me, In Degrees from the new album is an absolute banger. Um, and we haven't t- talked about them yet, but we also, of course, are uh, slowly building our collection for our end of year uh, series, the best of 2019. Uh, with still half the year to go, it's wide open. It's wide open, but um, I think we've both got a couple of mutually agreed things on there that sort of have to make it. Last year, we just did three best of... Uh, year albums didn't we I think this year we might need to do a few more episodes I think we could go all December at least certainly although I did enjoy our our foray into the festive period and I'm sure we'll do something similar again this year I'm sure we will if we're still speaking why are we talking about it now though it's (laughs) July (laughs) it's July is it July (laughs) is it I think it is so track four now this this for me is just uni memories this is Howl So that's track four, Howl. One of my favourite songs on the album. You said uni memories beforehand. Yes. Would, would you just elaborate? I started uni in September 2009. Don't be fooled. Uh, I'm not as young as you think. I actually had about five gap years or something like that. But we played this album a lot in pre-drinks and halls, drinks, and all that kind of thing. And I, I seem to remember this song being a favourite. So because of that, that's, in my head, it's always been... A single and it's only when we've been coming to talk about this album that I've realized it actually wasn't a single uh, so in my it I, could have been a single exactly and in my personal iTunes library while iTunes still exists this is one of the greatest singles that never was wow high praise for you I enjoy it I think I don't think I enjoy it and associate it as much as you do though I think sometimes those personal memories can really kind of overtake the song can't they I, I, I just love the um, I think it's more of a relentless rhythm through it there's lots of swirling there's lots of different kind of synth effects and just the onomatopoeia of howl as florence delivers it florence welch herself delivers it yeah i think it's a fantastic song well let's say no more and let's move on to track number five now which is kiss with a fist you hit me once i hit you back you gave a kick i gave a slap you smashed a plate So different. So, so, so different, yeah. Really Uh, led by that electric guitar, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost a bit kind of rocky, glam rock, a little bit. Yeah. And I think, well, so this song um, was produced 
by Stephen McKay, uh, who is the bass player with Pulp. And he produces uh, three songs on this album, and I think you can really tell the songs mm. he produces. They have definitely got a different feel to not only the rest of the album, but I think the songs he didn't produce sound like, have got really similar sounds to everything that Florence and the Machine did since. And his are the kind of the standout tracks. Uh, but not to be negative about them, I think they play a really nice role in this album. This was their debut single as well. Was it really? Yes. Wow. And they're not at all, obviously, when this was their debut. They didn't at all, they weren't setting their stall out at all. No. Because it doesn't, the biggest hits, it doesn't bear a resemblance to them. I wonder, I, so I haven't seen Florence now for probably last time she did British Summertime, which is uh, two years ago now. I can't be sure. I don't think she played this, and I don't think she does play this song anymore. And it wouldn't surprise me because I can't imagine it sounding right. I can't imagine it fitting in with a the set. There's mm. enough material, which is the kind of really big, epic, grandiose uh, music that they have for the rest Definitely. of the set. This, for me, sounds like it could have appeared in Skins or something like that. Did you watch Skins? I remember Skins, yes. Probably a little bit too old for the target audience at the time, but it was a, at least the first couple of series were very good. Yeah, Nicholas Holt and Co. And company. I mean, they've all got they've all done well off the back of that, haven't they? I think quite. I think a couple of them have uh, appeared in Game of Thrones. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? But we can tell who's stuck in your mind. Hmm? Moving on. <laughs> so track number six now. This is Girl with One Eye. interesting will just on the way to meet you at track by track towers today i saw a picture of florence the machine it was used as some sort of meme and it had the picture of her from the highest hope cover where she's very uh she's in a cream dress and leaning against the wall looks very relaxed and it had one of her very early uh photos from the red carpet where she was wearing very heavy eyeliner and i was thinking to myself as i looked at that photo i can't remember florence ever really being that sort of angry almost no, and I always think of very serene, very at one. Yeah, but listening to this song and the performance towards the end of it, she's quite angsty. She has her moments. Uh, for me, mm-hmm. it's time to talk about the, the fantastic album artwork. Right, right you are, right you are. And uh, again, she seems very serene, very at one on the front of this album. She's, her lungs are definitely visible. Her lungs are on show. A couple of birds in the tree behind her. I'm not sure if they're tits or chaffinches or uh, thrushes. I'm not sure. But um, it's a lovely kind of organic, very natural photo. Yes. And you know, it took me a long, long time to see her lungs. <laughs> For a while, I just thought it was uh, the, the, the detail on a on her top. This is another one of the um, Stephen McKay songs that I was mentioning, and I think you can hear yeah, it's him. It's less bohemia, it's more, almost feels quite grungy in parts, um, but I think what what brings it back to that Florence and the Machine sound is the the backing vocals and the, how that builds to an almost choral-like state towards the end of the song. So on to the next one now. So the next track, it's track number seven. Uh, this is 
drumming song. Well, I'm not surprised. There's a lot of drumming in that album, so it does make good on the promise. Yes. Uh, no, uh, no false advertising there. Uh, and going back to uni, this we played Howl a lot, but this song um, just before heading out to the clubs and pubs of the crew, north of England, <laughs> um, we played this one quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, what was the nightlife like in Crew? Um, well, as you'd expect, probably. So. I applied for Manchester Metropolitan University. Um, I sort of assumed I'd end up in Manchester, so it was quite a shock when I went for opening day and it was in Crewe. Uh, and I thought maybe it's just the opening day in Crewe and I'll be going to Manchester proper uh, for university. But no, it was all in Crewe in Cheshire. But there was... So, don't get me wrong, I was quite disappointed at first, but it turns out that there is a really great university sort of community there um, and I think the benefit of actually being in a smaller place is that you know more people and you make more friends uh, so no regrets at all and what interested you in the job that you applied for here today oh sorry I thought this was a job interview <laughs> um, anyway so that was I, I heard the cook had left and <laughs> I'm a whiz in the kitchen we're looking for someone else to incinerate pies um, so that was drumming song which was track number seven uh, let's move on. Track number eight now. This is Between Two Lungs. Between two lungs It was released The breath that carried me The sigh that blew me So that was Between Two Lungs. Uh, what a fantastic time. To you've, talk- you've done it? No, I was going to say, to talk about the album performance. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, so this album, the uh, the reviews were unanimously very, very positive. It's a solid four out of five um, across uh, a lot of the reviews. In terms of chart performance, uh, it was the number one album in the UK. Fantastic. But didn't... Uh, I remember reading that it didn't enter at number one because it was held off by Michael Jackson's Essential Collection, which I believe in part is due to him passing away uh, just before because he died. So 2009 was my first Glastonbury and he died while I was there. Uh, Don't hold that against him. I'll tell you what, something always happens when you're at Glastonbury. Mm. And um, I remember it was when we the referendum result was announced in previous years. We found out we were leaving the EU. And obviously that thing happened this year. Yeah, oh my... That was significant. Yeah, Yeah. I can't... We really shouldn't go into detail on the podcast, but... um, For legal reasons, obviously. But obviously Um, you know what happened. That's why why you can hear those planes flying over right now. It's... uh, I mean, it happened. We're, we're in that. We're on the other side now, aren't we? And um, 
I was quite surprised. Yeah, I was surprised and a little bit, little bit shocked actually that that mm. thing happened. Yeah, when we were at Glastonbury this year. But enough about that because you know it's we've been at Glastonbury. It's gone now. We're we're past that. We're in July. Uh, so let's move on to track number nine, which is Will. What's track number nine? Cosmic Love. Cosmic Love. Uh, this was the last single to be released to be released off the album. And actually, uh, it was released in July 2010. So this very week also marks nine years. You're always groping <laughs> around for that link as to why we're talking about an album on a, on a you, Pacific week. Can you please not say on on a recorded podcast I'm groping around? Uh, so you can definitely tell Paul Epworth was responsible for that. Uh, it definitely feels very much in the same vein as uh, like Dog Days Are Over uh, and Rabbit Heart. Yes, back to that dreamy, starry, beat-led... It's the winning formula, really, it for is. Florence and the Machine, isn't it? Because you certainly have stuck with it. I'm not saying that all of their albums are samey, but they do all feel like a Florence and the Machine album, which fans of Florence and the Machine will be thrilled about. Um, but yeah, this was a single, and, and uh, I'm, I'm very glad it was. It's a fantastic, certainly compared to Dog Days and Rabbit Heart, and Drumming Song actually, it feels like one of the more stripped-back, uh, slower moments of their single discography. And if they ever do release The Greatest Hits, it'd be a nice little breather. So we're on to track number 10 now, and My Boy Builds Coffins. Ten, my boy builds coffins. Very de- depressing title. Is that is that an okay word to use for that? Well, it's certainly not the brightest of uh, subject matters. Um, Did you enjoy it though? It's nice. It's back to that folksy kind of sound mm. we talked about before. That's maybe not touched upon so much. Um, and this one was co-produced by Charlie Hoggle. It's his only credit on this album, and he uh, went on to work with Florence a little bit more but also has worked with Ed Sheeran um, and then a few more sort of indie bands like Fickle Friends and Swim Deep oh really it's really interesting mm. well uh, how do you want to be buried <laughs> <laughs> how do you want to go I, I, I insist on being buried actually really yeah. not cremated mm, not cremated why no. well I think there's something very complete about being put into the earth. Whereas being set on fire is, you think your ashes might wake up afterwards? Well, there's always a, uh, there's always a chance that your body might give something back to the earth mm. whilst it's down there. 
I want that thing where your uh, a tree is planted above you. In your name. Well, you kind of become part of the tree, so my family can eat my apples. What a lovely image. <laughs> um, so, I guess the fact we're talking about how we'd like to be disposed of uh, <laughs> suggests it's probably time to move on. Yeah, and in all seriousness, just put me in a black bag and a skip. I don't care. I'm gone. I don't know what bin to put you in, though. We've got so many bins around here now that I'm not sure whether you go in a composting one or whether you'd go in a... The black one or the green one. They're quite small, those composting ones, aren't they? Mm. I'm not sure how to fit. You can't leave anything out of those bins because they just leave it behind. <laughs> You'll just be kicking around. The foxes will have me. Yes. Uh, okay, track 11 now. Um, also a song referring to you, Dan. <laughs> uh, Hurricane Drunk. I'm going So Hurricane Drunk there, I had my hands in the air while that was playing. Well, we both did. It was a lovely moment. We were throwing them around. Um, and I'm not... I couldn't put money on that. I've heard this song live and I've experienced it live. But if I ever did, I'm sure I'd put my hands in the air. And if I ever do in the future, I certainly will do it again. It's definitely an album track, though. It's definitely an album track, isn't it? And we, as always, we say that with no That's malice. That's not a bad thing. No absolutely intent, not. But it might not have worked as a single. But I have always thought that this song feels a little bit more maybe a bit more approachable maybe a bit more commercial and it's only when uh, researching this album for the podcast as we always do because we are strict professionals mm. that I found out why that is so this song was co-written with Egg White and some and Egg White's written and produced for people um, for many years uh, but I think you'll really enjoy some of his earlier works go on then so he uh, co-wrote and produced part of Will Young's Friday Child album, Friday's Child, sorry, which included uh, Leave Right Now. He also worked on Javine's Surrender album and also on Natalie and Brudy's Counting Down the Days, including the single Shiver. Uh, and, sorry, Charlotte Church's Call My Name. Oh, I love that which song. he co-wrote <laughs> and produced. So, uh, Mutti Buena, Darren Hayes, Kylie Minogue, you name it. Egg White's being part of it. So uh, th- I think that's why that song feels a little bit more approachable, maybe. Accessible. Commercial. Mm. So that was Hurricane Drunk. Track number 12 now. This this song is Blinding. What is it? What's it called? Blinding. Lovely harp work there in that one. You know, um, I'm a huge Florence fan and I'm a huge fan of this album actually. But it's almost that feeling that there's been some great songs, I know what's coming next to finish off the album, and this song for me just doesn't quite go anywhere. 
No, it's an it's an album track. It's a, it's a bit of a filler. It's probably um, it's not it's good, but it's a bit of a filler. And I think you're right. We know the album is going to be ending very very well, and we know what's coming next. And maybe let's not dwell on it. Maybe let's not let's get stuck in. Yeah. So on to the last track of the album now. This is track number thirteen. This is you've got the love. So that was You've Got the Love, the last song on the album. That's a great end to the album. It's an amazing end to the album. It's one of the very few times, I think, where a cover version actually surpasses the original and becomes more known than the original. And I just want to take you through a potted history of this song because this, for me, is a fantastic song. It's a great cover, but it is a cover because a lot of people didn't realise that at the time. Mm. Um, and I think this was a big hit back in, first and foremost, this was um, in 1986, Candy Statton's song, You've Got the Love. It was remixed by The Source in 1991 uh, as The Source and Candy Statton. The definitive version of, for me the, of this song came out in 1997 and it was the now Voyager version of this song, which was... I absolutely loved at the time. It got to number three in the charts when it came out. And it was, even for me, even better than this, the Florence and the Machine version. Interesting. Just for me, this Florence and the Machine version is by far my favourite. And I just think that because it sounds like it could have been one of their songs that they'd written and recorded in the same sessions as Dog Days or Rabbit Heart. So... Uh, I think that's what I like about it so much. They've made it their own completely. Um, and obviously it's 10 years later now. And I should say, a lot of people will think it's a Florence song in the same way that um, I'm still quite surprised to hear that there are people who think that Cher, when she released her version of Gimme, 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 they believe that she sampled Madonna, who, of course, actually did sample <laughs> Such a shame we've reached the end of that. But... It's not the end of the episode because we're going to have some further listening. Will, what are the rules of this episode's further listening? Um, I thought it would be really good for us to go a bit further and talk about our favourite Florence and the Machine collaboration. So whether it's Florence and the Machine or Florence Welch, something else that they or she have been involved in. I like it. So for my further listening, I've gone for uh, Sweet Nothing by Calvin Harris featuring... Florence Welch, what a We were going for it then. Really, really were, yeah. I've never seen so many glow sticks in one space. Full on, full on disco there. Uh, this, for me, is 
a perfect fusion of Calvin Harris's dance and Florence's vocals. And it was the last... This was from the Calvin Harris album, 18 Months. This was the tipping point for me with Calvin Harris. This After this album, I don't... He didn't do anything that really um, appealed to me after this album. Not even Feels from two years ago? No, this was it. And if you think about the songs on this album, you had this, but you had uh, Feel So Close, you had Bounce featuring Khalees, you have We Found Love with Rihanna, you had um, I Need Your Love featuring Ali Goulding. Uh, so the, this was peak Calvin Harris. But my favourite Calvin Harris album, and it's on the long list, I'm sure, is I Created Disco. Of course, yeah. With uh, Acceptable in the 80s. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and uh, Merrymaking round at his house, or whatever it was. But, uh, <laughs> I'd love to talk about that further. I think he just went too far the other way after this album. Mm. But this was uh, a great one. And it's, uh, it's nice to hear Florence's voice without the machine almost it's nice to just remember what an amazing or with even more machines well quite right there and uh if you don't mind me skipping ahead my further listening is much of a muchness you could say because (laughs) i very very nearly chose something else but when seeing florence live this is a real moment so my further listening is actually going to be uh florence's spectrum Well, we really went for the bangers, didn't we, for further listening? Yeah, we did. Interesting, after the album, which is, you know, it's got upbeat tracks on there, but not the big, bold, brassy bangers. Balls out of the bag. Oh, oh, oh. I was thinking about Spectrum, and just the Calvin Harris remix was probably heard more than the album version. Yeah, I think so. And I think, yeah, when I think in, in my head, if I play Spectrum in my head, it's that version that I hear. But actually, the album version is really lovely as well. That's... Of course, from the second album, Ceremonials, which came in 2011. I love that remix. And again, it was it was a great Calvin Harris remix. Yeah. Um, you can tell he was behind it. And I love remixes that still keep the essence of the song. Yes, definitely. Whilst lifting it up. And if you see... Well, I, I, I actually don't know if she does it anymore, but <clears throat> I don't know if they do it anymore. I've been doing that all episode. Um, but... Florence and the Machine used to begin with the album version and then move it into the remix. Oh, that's nice. Uh, As also seen with Leaky Lee when she does I Follow Rivers, she'll often begin with the album version. You're a big fan of hers. Leaky Lee, yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, she's supporting Florence at British Summertime. Oh, Which hopefully I'll be there. So we're out of time. Oh. That was Florence. That was... uh, I don't think that'll be our last Florence No, I was just thinking that. Maybe not the last time. Because she has released three very good albums since this one came out. But nice to go back to the beginning for her. And what was interesting about this one... Them. 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 What was interesting about this one is that I... When I sort of approach... This is one I put on the table. And I wasn't sure if you might just throw it straight off and not be interested. So it's nice to know that it's 
No, yeah. when you... I lapped it up quicker than... If, uh, <laughs> a cat in a saucer of milk. Yes. So, we're out of time. We're sadly. out of time, yes. Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as who's coming up next? Well, surprise, surprise. Sorry, we are recording this in the middle of Heathrow this week. Um... This isn't the only episode of Trap Trap this week. We actually hinted at it last episode, but there's a Glastonbury special coming your way uh, very soon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, if you do subscribe to Trap by Track and Apple Podcasts, of course, you'll get it straight you'll never miss it. into your device. But what's coming up after the Glastonbury special? After that one, um, so we're celebrating... Blooming hell, it's another 10-year anniversary of an album. Uh, this one, it's not 10 years since it's released, but the... Duo, the uh, duo who created this album, they're performing it live at Brixton Academy to celebrate its 10 year anniversary. That's all I'm saying. Who is it? I can't even remember who it is. I don't understand. Don't tell me, don't tell me. I'll mouth it to you, see if you get it. Oh, of course. Yes. Bros. Brotherhood of Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let us know what you think about Florence. Uh, and her lungs. Do let us know what you think to them at Move the Trash UK, hashtag track by track. And we'd love to see your comments, don't we, Will? Yeah, take um, a minute to, to comment and to rate us on uh, Apple Podcasts as well, it please. It really does make our day. So until next time. I've been Florence Welch. I've been Paul Epworth. Goodbye. Goodbye.